Welcome to the Danger Gnome. What's up? It's your Tio Gomez here. I'm down in the basement, in the bunker. It's the Danger Gnome Podcast. And uh, today, we have three-time champion of the men's fat bike Berkey, Mr. Corey Stelgis, back for his race recap. A little later than usual, but uh, Corey was good enough to give us some of his time, and we have him later in the show. First, we need to talk about the our Fat Bike Nationals contest. Fat Bike Nationals, the Borealis Fat Bike Nationals, is in New Richmond, Wisconsin, the last weekend in January of 2022. And uh, we're going to be there. We're going to have kind of the uh, MTV, the Fat TV Beach House. Uh, if by beach you mean uh, the house that's behind the Red Rooster Roadhouse, otherwise uh, colloquially uh, known as the uh, Crimson Cock uh, for the big eight foot tall red rooster on the roof but we're gonna host an after party at that bar and uh in addition to that that's what i'm excited about in addition to that what you might be excited about is we're gonna give away two entries uh to the race so two people will be chosen from you'll have to send an email to gomez at fat-bike.com details are in the show notes um You'll need to put Fat Bike Worlds in the uh, heading and uh, maybe tell us why you want to win. All right? And uh, up next, we have Corey Stelgis, three-peat champion of the Fat Bike Berkey. Hey, it is the Danger Gnome Podcast. I'm your T.O. Gomez. And today, we have Corey Stelgis, the three-time Fat Bike Berkey champion. In fact, a three-peat Fat Bike Berkey Champ, welcome to the show, Corey. Thank you for having me. So, we've interviewed you after your previous two wins, and you're 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 fond of of information, and and you lay out your, all of your tactics and how the race goes, and still three times in a row, nobody could put put the tax to, tactics together or hold your wheel. That's pretty amazing. Well, thank you. You know, each each race played out a little bit differently, and I think uh, the last win here in uh, 2021 was was the closest. I think there's a video floating around out there somewhere of uh, the sprint finish between uh, Chris Stevens and myself. Wow! All right, I didn't realize it was that close. It was like half a bike length. Yeah. Huh? Crazy, dude. Yep. If you want to see what it looks like, uh, somebody on a fat bike spinning out uh, a 34-10 gear ratio, <laughs> see if you can find that video. Well, I I pulled up the, the results, and you did it in an hour 38, 46 seconds at 17.7 <laughs> miles an hour. Uh. That sounds about right, yep. That's it's a fast day. It takes out takes a long race into a short amount of time at a really fast speed. Seventeen point seven miles an hour. 
Yeah. It's pretty crazy to think about that. Um, you know, we race the some of the same trails anyway every September as part of the Schwamigan Fat Tire on, you know, normal 29-inch mountain bikes. And, and generally, you know, the average speed for that race is right around 20 miles an hour. So to think that we can do it on fat bikes and snow um, only about two miles an hour slower is uh, pretty interesting. Hmm. Cool. Well, that's that's it's an interesting comparison. I would I would have thought that fat bikes on really groomed snow might have had an advantage, you know, because Schwamigan, it's dirt. It's, you could have mud puddles. Schwamigan is famous for pretty bad weather. So that's right. Yeah, I think the conditions were better for uh, for fat Berkey than than Schwamigan almost any year. Uh, because of the mud puddles, and then of course you have the perfectly groomed, uh, rock hard snow surface for the fat bikes. Right. Yeah. That that really turns the fat bike Berkey into the fat bike road race of of the season, kind of tactic wise. So, can you share the your your race story from from the opening gate to the finish line there for us? Sure, I'll try to. I'll try to remember here. It's been now, uh, I, almost uh, eight nine months. So uh, right, we'll see. Right, we'll right. see my powers of recall here. All right. But uh, you know, I think I think it was so being the the pandemic version of Fat Bike Berkey, a little bit smaller field than normal, um, and they started in waves to to create some social distancing mm-hmm. um, at at the start line. So we went off in in waves. I think. Um, around 20 riders kind of spaced out on the start line. So a little bit different feel than the mass start of years past. Um, however, it wasn't that much of a different feel in the lead group because it, it always whittles down to say a dozen riders, uh, relatively quickly off, off the line. So, um, once we got rolling, it was kind of back to business as usual. Um, I think that there was, uh, a few bare spots in the course this year. So we had um, some mud, uh, dirt, ice spots to kind of avoid on the outbound leg, mm-hmm. which was the skate trail. So, or, sorry, it was the classic trail, uh, which is notable because the, the classic trail is a little bit more windy than, than the skate trail. So it's a little, it has a little bit more uh, twists and turns to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you kind of had to, um, keep keep your eyes up the trail, uh, navigate around the, the dirt spots, just kind of uh, stay out of trouble. Um, and then it's also a net uphill that way. So um, it's kind of race to the, the turnaround point all uphill mm-hmm. uh, gradually, kind of kind of a death by a thousand cut scenario because, you know, you think you, you're feeling great the whole way out and then um, – but by the time you turn turn around, you think it's all downhill to the finish line. You say, "Wow, I'm uh, a lot more tired than I thought I would be." This downhill is just feeling pretty hard. <laughs> so uh, I, I think that um, we had a, we had a lead group of uh, maybe ten to twelve riders again, and uh, just different people taking turns um, leading, put in a few uh, efforts up the the rolling hills of the the Berkey classic ski trail and then right around the turnaround point uh there was a couple tough climbs some false flats and um i think that everyone was riding pretty hard i know i felt like 
you know, the, the effort was starting to add up for me. I could start to feel some fatigue in my legs and, uh, kind of followed some riders over the top of a, of a false flat, uh, through kind of a muddy grassy section and, uh, turned around and looked and, uh, you know, just Chris was, was on my wheel. And I think he, he told me that uh, we were clear and, uh, we should uh, step on the gas. So Uh then, uh, yeah, the two of us cooperated for a little while to put some distance into the rest of the riders. We got out of sight of the rest of the field, I think, you know, in the next five minutes or so. And, uh, then yeah, just kind of proceeded to you know maybe not go full gas, but still ride a pretty honest pace um, until kind of the last decisive point in the course, which is maybe around five uh, k to go. There's uh, a relatively steep short climb, um, and I put in a little dig there. It was where I where I broke away for the win in 2019. Um, however or I'm sorry, in 2020, uh-huh. the uh, 21 version, I could not shake Chris on this last, last little steep uphill. Uh, he caught back on my wheel. And at that point it's pretty downhill fast into the finish. And I think that we both kind of knew we were lining up for, for a sprint finish. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my memory, of course, my mind was drifting back to, I think it was 2018 when we had a sprint finish and, uh, and I lost to Chris in that race. Um, so, uh, you know, a little bit intimidating to be setting up for that same scenario again. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not the biggest guy out there. I'm not, uh, not a sprinter by any means. Um, and I, and I don't think, you know, Chris would say that he is either. Um, so it's going to be kind of, a, a sprint, sprint finish between, uh, you know, two, uh, two of the smaller, uh, inexperienced sprinters. Right. Yeah. in the field and uh that last maybe four or five hundred meters into the into the finish is a gradual downhill and on this day we had uh, a, a pretty good tailwind hitting into the into the finish so it was going to be very fast and um i think we're all just or chris and i both were just looking at each other kind of seeing who was who was going to jump first and um you know he jumped first and in 2018 and one. So I, I kind of wanted to, to beat him to the punch this time around. Um, and you know, that's, that's the plan that, uh, that I had run through my mind. If, if this scenario presented itself again, it did mm-hmm. stuck to my plan and, um, ended up being just a head to head drag race right into the finish line. Um, you know, I remember standing, sprinting, spinning out my tallest gear and having to, to sit back down in the saddle again, because I just needed to turn a higher and higher cadence. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the only way to go faster. So, um, <clears throat> that's, that's the way, uh, it played out. And, uh, it'd be cool if we could find that, that video again, because I think that probably does a, a better job of telling the story than, than me describing it, but it's, uh, yeah, the chip it's pretty cool. shows it's eight seconds or nine seconds difference so eight, eight tenths of a second maybe. oh eight tenths of a second you're correct right yeah yeah sounds <laughs> yes. yep sorry one digit off <laughs> yeah yeah no worries uh yeah that's amazing and then the the steve marshall came in third and he's almost four minutes back yeah you guys yeah I, but yeah, he but... and matt rango it looks like we're in a 
flash finish to a sprint finish together. So Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool that uh, it wasn't exactly clean conditions either, you know. So there was a bit of, uh, you know, knowing, being able to read to the terrain between dirt and snow and ice, et cetera. Um, so Chris Stevens came in second, and he's uh, – oh, I have to – before we transition to Fed Bike Worlds – I have to ask about the uh, the uh, was what did you keep up the tradition of the homemade pizza and cookies before that? Right? Absolutely, yep, sure did. Because that's my that's my thing. I'm like, you want to beat Corey Stelgis? <laughs> you just hide those cookies. You put some Oreos or something. <laughs> He'd be like, "What? You have to make a <laughs> you have to make a better pizza." <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, so, Fat Bike Worlds, Chris Stevens is a, we had him in, on the show uh, a couple of shows ago, and uh, that's going to be end of January. I I already Airbnb'd a house next to a sports bar just outside of town. It's uh, it's feeling like almost like the first Fat Bike Berkey. Yeah, interesting. Um, you know, I I was driving up north here a few weekends ago and I was queuing up the podcast and I saw that the, uh, the show with, with Chris about Fat Bike Worlds was up. And so I listened to that on the drive up and, uh, it was interesting to hear Chris talk about it. Um, you know, I heard, heard my name come up once in there. So that was, that was kind of funny to hear. Oh uh, well, yeah. I know so. that the rivalry between you two goes back to, <laughs> back to maybe, I know it goes back to college, right? But it might go back to even further than that in, in high school running. Um, races. Yeah. And you know, I don't know that we ever knew or faced one another. Yeah. Um, even, even before at any time before 2018. So I, I think Chris is, you know, I want to say three years older than me. So that was enough time. I think that gotcha. we probably didn't run into one another, um, you know, on, on the scene in, in uh, high school or college sports. But in, um, in fat biking, you guys are, fat biking. The, uh, that's right. Podium, uh, brothers. So, yeah. uh, are you guys, uh, is, and you ride with the Neff cycles, uh, team. Are you guys going to make a make an appearance there at the old Fed Bike Worlds? That's the plan. And mass with, so you'll have a lead out. You'll have domestiques and <laughs> uh, and etc. I don't know. I don't know. I, I have to. Uh, I have to go check the uh, the team budget and our our new signings for for twenty one. See Dude, if I'm, I uh, I'm telling see if you, I got a good lead out man there. Before in in that vein, you know. You, <laughs> should be working for if you <laughs> if if we dare look to uh fed by berkey 2022 uh you know putting together that sort of lead out you know so that you're the fifth rider and you just burn those matches on your on your way to the turnaround and then it's mano el mano for the four peat whatever the <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We'll uh, start thinking about that. You just here, put an uh, open casting call here on the podcast. Yeah. If, <laughs> yeah. If, if if you uh, if you are uh, genetically gifted in the old leg lung capacity, join TNF. That's right. 
Well, yeah. No, we have a we have a number of uh, really enthusiastic fat bike riders on the team. Um, I'm hope, hoping that uh, quite a few folks come up and and do the fat bike world race. And then uh, I know we always have um, you know a good crew at at fat bike Berkey too. Yeah, uh, both iconic events. Um, I, would, I would anticipate a number of uh, number of riders from our team in, in the area making the trip up. Cool. Well, the other thing that I have on my list to talk to you about is the hardware uh, department. Uh, so let's start with the bike that you're riding. I know that, that last year you were on a, maybe the last two years you were on an, uh, so I call it the Colonel Mustard uh, Voitech. Colonel Mustard. That's right. Yep. Colonel Mustard's coming back for a third run. Nice. Yep. 2021, 2022. It's cool. sitting, uh, sitting in my basement right now. It's uh just a frame and it's waiting on some, some new parts to come in. So yeah. Going the, to, to going, get it rolling. going SRAM axis. Yeah. Potentially axis we'll, dropper. You know, <laughs> yes. I, you know, I think that, uh, hopefully, um, my components, uh, are not still sitting on the ever given somewhere, <laughs> but, uh, I'd like it. Which It'd be nice if, uh, they showed up, uh, well, at some point here with the global supply chain crunch, I think oh, everybody's kind of in the same boat. So it'll happen in spring, just in time, just in time for spring. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> but uh, that brings up a good a good thought I had is, Corey, you need some sort of nickname, you know, uh, and it could be. And since if you're going with a the full wireless drop or post wireless shifting, it could be. Corey Inspector Gadget Stelgis. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh man, you know I, I'm not good at nicknames. But. Well, you know I I was out riding just before we started the interview, and I was thinking about it. I was like, hmm. well, and I just had that had that inspiration, Inspector Gadget. You know, we we had to work on it. We had to spitball that in uh, at another time. But let's talk about. I know that Head is one of your sponsors. Are you? And I know that last winter you put together a new Head set of wheels. But have you tried the Bird Spoke one yet? I have not, because I've been riding them since since mid spring, and ooh la la, I, I can't nice, say huh? enough good things. And it was well. Nineteen hundred and forty nine, nineteen hundred and seventy three, something like that in grams for the for the wheel set. So it's pretty dang light. I know it's not that far off from from the wheels that you're riding though, with metal spokes. Yeah, that's right. That um I have to go toss the wheels on a scale again. Um but We know, talked about it in a previous previous conversation, I remember. Yeah. I don't know offhand what my my metal metal spoke wheels weigh. I, I thought they were. I thought they. I thought they snuck under the eighteen hundred gram mark, but uh, have to double check that one. You should. Uh, you should get on a, some of these uh, bird spokes though, just to yeah. just to check it out because I know that you're a you're a you have a great engineering side to your to your mindset, and I think it's a mechanical advantage. And the, and there's no downside. There's no wimpiness to these wheels. So, pretty I good. might just have to do that. Yeah, you know, I know you're a, you're a man of many bikes. So, you know, I I always said 
I thought that the gravel bike would be the best use of those spokes because of the uh, vibration dampening properties of this plastic spoke, right? So maybe maybe we could we'll we'll check with you later to see if that happens. <laughs> Planting the seed. All right, all right. <laughs> so my last question is about tires. I know that you you your previous two wins were on uh, jumbo gyms, right? Schwalbe's. Correct. Yep. And uh, what was your tire of choice this year? Any surprises? Tried and true. They yeah. broke, don't fix it, they say. And all you folks out there that think you need 27.5 <laughs> wheels, oh, you did it on 26-inch wheels. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Well, yeah, you know, the, the Jumbo Gyms are a uniquely fast tire. And to my knowledge, nothing... Now, do you, do you, light and uh, fast is made in, do you in just use those for the Berkey Is it the same set of tires? <laughs> you like keep them written in a, in a cool, dark place. I have a wine cellar in the basement. <laughs> right. Those jumbo gyms are neatly folded, kept in a climate controlled environment. And they're broken out only <laughs> a couple times a year. Right next for the to the finest occasion. Right next to the pizza and cookie recipe. <laughs> Secrets. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I know that uh, Will Ross has a similar kind of very unique set of uh, fat Berkey tires. They're uh-huh. they're a little bit different than mine, but uh, he's got some some secret sauce uh, living in his basement too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I heard the stories about the palette of Huskerdoos and where they wheedled out the ones that were all under one thousand grams. So. <laughs> Um, oh, have, did did you happen to see uh, Will's new new whip on the old Instagram? Uh, you know, I I thought I saw it. Um, I, I have to admit that I did not take a deep dive, but yeah. I I think it's uh, on the, his another track like what, yep. the new uh, a Farley nine point six carbon one. Yep, with you know yep. with the tall wheels because that's that was Trek's thing. Yeah. Yeah, and now well, we'll see if those, uh, we'll now see if it seems like everyone, every single bicycle company is moving that direction. I would, I just thought that dudes like me, <laughs> by dude I mean like oh, I guess Freds like me, <laughs> rode them. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to find tires for that dang for those dang things. Like even for me, I work in a bike shop, etc. So yeah, and uh, the pandemic here is isn't making life any easier no but but that's gonna all eventually be remedied to a certain degree you know one would hope yeah i'm gonna see fat bike tires this winter they'll they'll come but shizzle i've heard i've heard they're on their way (laughs) but until then in the bat cave is oh that would be a good man, like Corey Batman Stelgis. <laughs> no, that's still. Well, well, I don't, have I don't a, know. We have about a, we have a, <laughs> yeah, you know, you'd have to get a black bike. You'd have to get rid of Colonel Mustard. Guess so think you, what goes with with Colonel Mustard now? Colonel Mustard. That was that's a, a game piece from the old uh, board game uh, Clue. Is Clue, that right? Right. Correct. So yeah. 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 
Well, we'll we'll get um, together and have a focus group over a couple of beers about, <laughs> about what your nickname should be. All right. Sounds good. We'll uh, we'll, we'll circle back to that. Well, that is Corey Stelgis, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for being on the show, Corey. You uh, have a great uh, winter, and I'll see you out on there on, on the trails as you blaze by me. Hey, Corey. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. Good to be back. All right, dude. Check us out on Instagram at fastbike.com. 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 Fastbike